630 Chad Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins. Weekdays at 6 on 630 Chad. Edmonton's home for breaking news on your favorite teams. This is Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins on the voice of your Edmonton Oilers and Eskimos. 630 Chad. Sports on 630. Chad, my name is Reed Wilkins. Here's what's going on in the NHL. Ten games in all. The Leafs and the Avalanche just getting underway. In the third period, the Hurricanes lead the Sabres 2-1. Second period, Kings up 1-0 on the Nashville Predators. Also in the second period, Bruins 2, Panthers nothing. After two, the Devils cruising tonight. They're up 3-0 on the Flyers. Early in the third, the Blue Jackets lead the Penguins 4-1. These other games here coming up late in the second period. Canadians up 2-1 on the Wild. Senators up 1-0 on the Ducks. That's good for the Oilers so far. Blues lead the Lightning 2-1. And the Bruins up 2-0 on the Florida Panthers. Sorry, Kellen, did you say something? Nope. Okay. Thought I, I was just queuing up some audio here. And oh! It was went on air. Okay, that's it okay. Happens. I'm sorry. I, 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 I thought maybe you were telling me something happened. No, no problem. Just thought I'd ask just in no, case. No, no, no. Everything's good. Everything's fine. <laughs> You're going to be like, hey, the NHL just disbanded. You should probably mention that. <laughs> no, it was like the Han Solo thing from <laughs> from the first Star Wars movie. I, I'm fine. Um, how about you? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> uh, reportedly that uh, Edwin Encarnacion... Signing with the Cleveland Indians, three years and uh, $60 million for the guy who's been a star for the Toronto Blue Jays for the last few seasons. Thursday night football, we have Philadelphia up on the Giants, 14-3. Eagles coming in at 5-9. and nine. They only have one win in their last eight. The Giants at 10-4. and four. But the Eagles doing better tonight. Your scoreboard is presented by Crystal Glass. For all your glass needs, call Crystal or visit crystalglass.ca. Okay. You know, we had Mike from, sounded like the uh, Lloyd Minster area, calling in in the last half hour about about uh, Mark Letestu and some of his contributions. And uh, we got a little, uh, I don't know what we would call this. It's not really a tribute, a little, a little summary of some of the things Letestu did and uh, were said about him last night. Cassian in front, shoot, score! Mark Letestu, this one goes in! The media, myself, we've spent a lot of time talking about Connor and and Leon and some other guys that have had tremendous starts to the season, but uh, the catalyst, or one of the, the the major catalysts on our team right now is Letestu. Whether it's power play, penalty kill, face-offs, uh, uh, grinding it out, uh, getting a, a line going. Uh, I couldn't be happier for him, and uh, we're very lucky to have him right now. Lucic had a poke checked away. Drysaddle couldn't finish. Shot redirected home. Letestu took the shot, and it was tipped by Lucic. Letestu wins the faceoff. Ryback is the slapper blocked. Rebound, Hendricks tried to center. Here's the shot by Davidson. Tip. Rebound, whacked wide by Letestu. Rebound, score. Matt Hendricks buries his first of the year, and it's 3 nothing Edmonton. Yeah, this hasn't been an easy building for us to come away with two points. So uh, to, to get to and get out of here in what's been a pretty good road trip 
so far. Uh, we're pretty satisfied. Letestu and Hansel are going to fight. Letestu and Hansel still dancing around, and they're finally going to be pried apart by the linesman. It doesn't matter who it is. Uh, the, the, the team toughness is definitely there. Uh, there's some discipline, I think, uh, in some areas that we needed to, to maybe show some restraint and keep them off the power play. But uh, I think it's more important, especially at this stage of the season, to show that we have each other's backs and really build some chemistry and some team toughness. Uh, you know, I thought we, all of us, you know, in a lot of different situations uh, displayed that tonight. All right, a little bit on Mark Letestu there, who had three points last night. Still looking for his uh, first four-point game of his NHL career. He scored two goals in a game a couple of times for the Oilers. Does not yet have an NHL hat trick. Again, tomorrow, 7 o'clock face-off show for the Oilers and the Sharks. First place showdown. The game will start at 8.30, all right here on 6.30. Chad, you can text 6.30, 6.30. Bill says, read that the NHL rescind Cassian's match penalty. I have not seen that it was rescinded, but they did say there will be no further discipline. So no suspension coming out of that. Joe says, uh, the Oilers need Wayne Simmons or Jerome Ginlet to replace Eberle on the top line. I don't think they're going to get Simmons. I mean, who knows if Ginlet is going to be in play. Clearly this season not going in the right direction for the Colorado Avalanche. You know, it's funny with the Oilers, decent record, 18-12-5, power plays doing well. Couple of star players in the top 15 in the NHL in scoring. Obviously, Connor McDavid and Leon Dreisaitl. I think for me, Dreisaitl coming along quicker than I expected. They they have been getting secondary scoring. I, I just think it's not from the guys that you expected. Pitlick, before he got hurt, obviously. Letestu. You know, Maroon doing well in the goal scoring department. Um so guys like that have been able to score, and, and you're clearly not getting as much as you expected from Ryan Nugent-Hopkins and Eberle. Eberle's point total itself is not bad, but he's kind of been able to score in bunches. Uh, Pouliot clearly hasn't really added you know, much secondary much of anything, unfortunately. I, I just, I mean, this team, it's pretty encouraging. Again, I'm going to stick with what I said probably a month and a half ago I, I hesitate to call them a legitimately good team but I think they're getting good they're certainly average or maybe even you could call them a bit above average at this point if they could get just a, a little more support scoring they all of a sudden become even deadlier and and I and I think you know it's interesting with Everly he's much debated there were times last year I was critical of Jordan, and I actually had some listeners telling me that I was being too hard on him. Um, this year, I've I've had people telling me that I'm being too easy on him. So I'll say this. He's a talented player. He can handle the puck. He can shoot the puck. And I'm going to just really make it real simple here. He needs to take the puck to the net more. And I know he's not big, but there are plenty of guys who aren't giants that take the puck to the net. Like Rob Brown says, it hurts to score goals in the NHL, and he needs to get more into those hurtful areas. And there was a play last night. He came in on his off wing, left side, put his shoulder down like he was going to drive the net. The defenseman leaned on him. He kept going for a split second, and then he peeled off and circled back. Now, I know sometimes you're going to do that and look for the trailer, um, but I think with Eberle and with Nugent Hopkins, to some extent, not enough of their shots are from the, the tight end scoring areas where you score the goals like Patrick Maroon scores with a rebound or a deflection, right? 
or you just fire the puck on net and then try to create rebounds. If if, if the Oilers had a if Nugent Hopkins and Eberle start doing that, or they eventually acquire a couple more players with that mentality, then they're another step closer to being a great team. It's seven thirteen inside sports on six thirty. Chet, we got a really cool story here. A young man from Leduc, goaltender Jordan Cook, going to be playing for Canada at the Spengler Cup. You'll find out how it happened next. This is Mark Letestu from your Edmonton Oilers, and you're listening to Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins on Oilers Radio 630 Chet. Well, isn't that appropriate? We were just talking about the guy. DB says Mark Letestu, full marks for earning his paycheck. He's like Russell in that you know he's not going to cheat you with his effort. Inside Sports on 630 Chet. It's a luxury, and it's definitely a blessing to be able to play hockey and get paid to do that. So not many people get that opportunity. Inside Sports presents Living the Dream. Well, and this is a cool story tonight. 23-year-old goaltender from Leduc, best goalie in university hockey for the Saskatchewan Huskies, Jordan Cook, picked to play for Canada at the upcoming Spengler Cup. Jordan, welcome to the show. How are you doing? Very good, Reed. How are you? Doing very well. Congratulations. Thanks for making time for me. You are representing Canada at the Spengler Cup. And i got to be honest with you, Jordan, I, I wasn't sure that Canada West players could go. So what has this whole process been like for you to get picked to the team? Uh, it's been unreal, really. Um, uh, definitely a shock for sure. I, I like yourself. I didn't really think that was a possibility either. But all in all, it's it's an experience of a lifetime, and I'm, I'm really looking forward to it. When were you first contacted, and you even got the indication that this could happen? Uh, well, I was in Montreal actually at the time for the Youth Sports Selects uh, game versus the World Juniors, and I was pulled aside after one of the games by Scott Salmon and. Uh, I knew him from prior just because his son plays in Kelowna and. Who, through my connections there, I had an opportunity to meet him, and he pulled me aside, and I really thought we were just going to have a general conversation and kind of just talk about my season and how his son's doing and all that, but one thing led to another, and he kind of brought the Spangler Cup, and from there, was, you know, he told me about the, the opening position and asked me if, or told me that they were very interested in taking me, so that's when I originally found out. Um, it took me a little while to uh, get the decision out there just because of eligibility, and Canada West and see if I was actually able to go, but it, it looks like I am, so I'm, I'm definitely excited to go, for sure. All right. You're one of three goalies on the roster. Drew McIntyre and Zach Fucali are the others. Luke Richardson, former Oilers defenseman, is going to be your head coach. Is there any indication about playing time, playing schedule, or anything like that yet? Uh, not not entirely. I know when I was talking to Scott, they said, most likely it'll be third string, but you know what? You never know. Things happen day to day, and uh, whether I get an opportunity to play or not, it's just making this team and making the roster is just a, a big deal to me for sure. Well, and it must be exciting for you. And I mean, look, you, you know, I'm a huge supporter of, of Canada West and University Hockey, but it, it's got to be pretty special for you to to get to play. You know, you're going to have a guy like Fucali as your as your teammate, who's a pretty high prospect, and. You know, guys who have played in the NHL, whether you want to look at Gregory Campbell or Mason Raymond, I mean, there's a few guys with NHL experience, so this could be a, a really, uh, uh, you know, cool learning experience for you. Yeah, for sure. Uh, all of them are actually pro hockey players somewhere throughout uh, the world here, and 
you know, I think I, just coming in, I'm, I'm going to be able to get some experience and get some exposure and really learn a lot, uh, whether it's talking to a lot of the, the pro boys or whether the players or whoever it may be. Um, I, it's definitely a big learning experience for me prior, just because I am a university student and kind of out of my, out of my atmosphere here going in. So uh, definitely looking forward to it. I know, I know it's going to be an exciting time and uh, looking really, uh, really looking forward to the experience all in all. Jordan Cook joining us. He's from Leduc, plays for the U of S, going to represent Canada at the Spengler Cup. D- Jordan, tell me a little bit about your Canada West season. I mean, last year you were uh, you were what, you were Canada West Player of the Year. You were CIS Goalie of the Year. Correct me if I'm wrong on those uh, on those uh, awards. So you must have had high expectations for yourself, and I imagine other people had high expectations for you coming into this season. Yeah, uh, for sure. Uh, we're we're off to a really good start again this year. We're first in our first in Canada West, and I believe second year in, in the whole youth sports now. Uh, but you know we kind of got off to a shaky start here and there. Uh, I think a lot of a lot of it has to do with us coming off such a great year last year that a lot of things were just going to be handed to us. And um, you know we kind of in the last few weeks we started to figure it out, get back into the routine that made us so good in the first place. And um, you know, I'm really looking forward to you know going to the Spangler Cup and then coming back and looking towards a, another Canada West title and hopefully a national title as well. So, did this change some Christmas or family plans? <laughs> now you're going to Switzerland or what? <laughs> yeah, you know, today I flew in actually, and I was going to be here till about the 28th and then go back to Saskatoon. But now I only get a night here with my family and kind of just open some Christmas gifts and just ex- experience everything I possibly can in a night and then fly out to Switzerland in the morning. So um, it definitely affected my Christmas break. But uh, all in all, you know, I, I couldn't be happier going to Switzerland and really getting getting this awesome experience. Jordan, you're uh, you're 23, so, uh, you know, born in 93. So you, you've, you've grown up watching the NHL in an era where there haven't been as many goals when, when I was a kid in the, in the 1980s, and there have been some yeah. great goaltenders. Did you have a, f- a favorite goalie or a guy that really influenced, in, uh, influenced you when you were a kid? Oh, for sure. Uh, Curtis Joseph, actually. Um, as a kid, I was, I was really into the goalie masks itself. Uh, I was a player growing up for a long long time, and I remember just being around my, grand, my grandfather, who big into hockey. You know, he, he got to watch Wayne Gretzky play while he was here in Edmonton and win all those Stanley Cups. So he really introduced me to the whole hockey atmosphere, and I remember sitting watching hockey games with him, and I was just imagining myself <laughs> lifting a goalie mask uh, on top of my head, like I know Cujo used to. So, uh, you know, looking back on it, he was definitely a big, big inspiration of mine. You know, I I kind of actually have on my mask this year. It's very Cujo esque with the with the dog painted on it, and very much like his. And uh, it, that's been something I've always wanted to do. Um, when I whenever I was able to get a custom mask, I, when I played in junior, we weren't allowed. We, we were only allowed white helmets, but. As soon as I actually came to the Huskies, that was uh, that was one of the first things I wanted to do. And you know, this year I'm actually getting to represent that and kind of show like where I came from and you know what really sparked my inspiration to be a goalie in, in the first place. Well, that's really cool. And, and you know what? I interview if people are, are thinking I've heard this guy's name before. We did an interview back in I guess it was March because the Huskies with you and Net. What did you have? Two triple overtime games at Nationals? It was something insane. Yeah, we like had that. a well. Our first game we had a quadruple overtime victory, and then the next night we had a. Uh, triple overtime loss. So, so okay, so a lot of hockey played. In two you basically games, played three sure. games, three plus games in two. But I, I forgot yeah. to ask you something in that interview. What, what's the story that you were in a Gatorade commercial or something? What can you tell me? Oh yeah, um, <laughs> I don't, I, there's only a small little stint. Uh, luckily, it's, there was we, we were we had Gator, Gatorade bottles 
uh, on our team in Kelowna, and you know they just got one of those those prime moments of me drinking out of one. And I know it's not a whole long stint on a commercial, but it's it's just having my seeing my face out there and you know, just being in the commercial is pretty cool. Okay. Well, hey, you got a career in TV whenever hockey's done, right? So that's pretty cool. Yeah, I sure hope so. (laughs) (laughs) Well, Jordan, all the best. Merry Christmas. Uh, uh, We always pay attention to the Spengler Cup, but uh, extra motivation for fans in Edmonton and area to do that this year. And uh, I guess I'll reluctantly wish you all the best when you're back with the Huskies being a U of A grad. Fair enough? (laughs) Yeah, I know that's fair. Right on, Jordan. Thanks for joining us. That's Jordan Cook. So he's heading over to Switzerland, Canada's first game on Boxing Day. And, uh, you know, you heard in the story what an incredible university career he's in the middle of. So what happened with playing for the U Sports Selects against the Canadian Junior? At that time, it was the selection camp team uh, back last Monday and Tuesday. So they named university goalies to that team. But they didn't get to play because Canada wants to scout their own junior goalies trying out for the team, one of whom is Carter Hart, was Carter Hart from Edmonton who made the team. So the university goalies went there and it was like, well, you're not going to play because we're going to have a Canadian junior goalie playing for Team Canada and for the university select so we can watch them more. So he basically got to be a spectator. But then after that, they said, well, would you be interested in going to the Spengler Cup? And then they had to check because this is a pro tournament. He's a, an amateur athlete. So they had to make sure with Canada West, okay, is this going to mean he's ineligible or loses eligibility? Everything was fine. But it was interesting. I've talked to people who work for Canada West who said we had no idea that they could take university goalies because they've always taken Canadian guys playing pro in Europe. But apparently you can take any Canadian player. So as Jordan said, he might not get to play. He might be the third goalie, but that'll be an incredible experience nonetheless. It's Inside Sports on 6.30. Chad, coming up to the 7.30 news. When we get back, we'll continue with our Heroes of 2016 feature. Curling this time. This is going to be fun. A regular guest on the show, Mark Kennedy, is here, along with a first-time guest, Kelsey Rock. They're both sitting here incredibly excited to be on Inside Sports. That's all coming up here on 6.30. Chad. This is Oscar Clefbaum from your Edmonton Oiler, and you're listening to the Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins on Oilers Radio 630 Shad. Inside Sports presents Heroes of 2016. Well, I have some good news. Not only is one of the people in studio for Heroes of 2016, a hero because of her curling prowess. She's also a hero because she's under the age of 25 and knows who Van Halen is. <laughs> the read automatically likes you. Yeah, you're automatically <laughs> in my good books. Kelsey Rock is here. How are you doing, Kelsey? I'm good. How are you? I'm doing great. Uh, what are your musical tastes for the kids these days? You're a university student. Is it all like Drake and Bieber or what? Well, that's not really what I like. I'm more of country. I like country music. Yes. Well, you probably listen to Kissin' then, don't you? I do, yeah. yeah. How about that Chris Sheets guy? You got a crush on him or... No, I think he's pretty funny, though. He is pretty hilarious. 
Yeah. I have never cracked that. <laughs> and Mark Kennedy is here as well as we're going to talk a little curling for Heroes of 2016. Mark, how have you been? I'm good, Reed. Thanks for having us. It's great to see you. Excited it. to be back. You're excited uh, about your curling season. You're a big Oilers fan, yeah. so you're enjoying it's that good a little times. more. I enjoyed that game last night. It's nice to watch them be a, a tough team to play against for once. And, you know, curling has officials, but they're rarely actually involved in the game. So it's a little different experience. Yeah, we've done our best in curling to get officials out of the game. So that was quite the experience last night. Actually, the last few games watching the officials screw things up. What do you call the guy in curling that comes in and does the measurement? Is he just the ref or? I think he's an official. Just an official? Yeah. 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 So how often will there be something in curling where you're like, we got to report this to somebody? I don't think too often. Like hardly ever? <laughs> no. <laughs> There's been a few incidents over the years, um, but it's usually when an official comes out and makes a mistake and it gets a bit messy. So we've really tried to make curling still a very gentleman sport and uh, things get solved amongst the players themselves. Is there still somebody that sits there and watches for hog line violations? Um, no, the rocks have sensors now. That's so what I was if wondering, you go yeah. over it, flashes red. Yeah. Wait, the rock flashes red? Yeah, there's little lights on the rock, and then they'll just flash red. I don't know if I've ever seen that. You're a, you watch curling. <laughs> I watch all the, the big the events. Handles, the handles have a green light and a red light. So if you let go of it in time, they turn green. And if you're over the hog line, they flash red, and you kick the rock off. I somehow have not noticed that. How many hog line violations? We're a little off topic here, guys. <laughs> just bear with me. We're, we are going to tell you what these two have done this year. How many hog line vi- Okay, so you guys will play... Like a couple hundred games a year? Is that ballpark? Or hundred I, games. Yeah. Hundred, well, maybe yeah, hundred. I'm a little okay. Yeah. I meant 200 combined. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> sure you did. How many hog line violations will be in a game that you were involved in? We, could there be a season where there's not one? Um, yeah, I, I think our team last year only had about two hog line violations. So not, not too many. So it happens periodically. It happens periodically. Yeah. You might see three or four in, a, in an event. That's yeah. it. Yeah. So it's kind of like... A really good defensive player in baseball might make the odd error. Like you got that's, it. Yeah, it's, yeah. Sometimes you just don't release it in time. Uh, Kelsey, uh, thanks for coming in, by the way. You are, t- tell me what's coming up here. This is pretty cool. You're going to the Winter University ad, so g- give me the details of when and where and what it's going to be like. Yeah, so last year we won the Nationals for the University of Alberta and um, get to go to Kazakhstan and uh, represent Canada at the Winter University ad. So it's kind of like a mini Olympics. It's actually the second biggest event compared to the Olympics. So I'm really excited really? to head there. Yeah. Okay, so how many rinks are going to be in it? Uh, I think there's 10. 10? 10 okay. men's, 10 women's. All right. So that's pretty cool. So because your Pandas team won CIS? Yeah. Okay, and you've won CIS the last two years? Yes. Okay, and you're also a two-time world junior champion from a little earlier in your career. Yeah. And you're only yep. 22, we should point out. So you're already very accomplished. Um I mean, what's what's it what's first of all, what's the level of competition because I've often asked Mark and other male curlers what's it like just to win the briar like a lot of people say that's harder than the world's what's it like just to win cis at your at your level yeah i i actually think that cis was a great bridge between juniors and moving into the women's ranks it's just the players are a little older they're a little more experienced uh, the majority of the time so you have to play a little better and you know just have a more knowledge of the game so I think CIS is just that step higher than um, juniors, and it feels, you know, it's it's great to win a CIS. It just gives you a little more confidence heading into the next level. So the CIS is better, harder than the juniors even. I wasn't sure which way it would be. That's pretty cool. I, I think so. You know, they're, they're pretty close, but um, for the most part, the CIS players are typically a little older. So, um, like I said, just a little more experience and um, a little better shot making sometimes. All right, and Mark Kennedy is uh, here. What are you playing third now, aren't you? Yeah. With uh, Cooey, Lang, and Hebert, you won the bronze. 
I are in Ottawa. You won Worlds in uh, Switzerland, so that's why we're, you're in here to look back on your year. You have won significant events before. We've talked about your, your Olympic success and stuff. How do you look back on this season, Mark? Would you say this is the number one year for you? Would you say it's... You know, Ooh, one of many? A, like That's a tough one. Uh, one of a few. It, it stands out any time you win a national championship and get to go to the world. So it was a... 2016 was a great year for us, especially with the struggles we had the year before. Um, so it's very memorable. We had some great experiences. and But, uh, you know, Kelsey and I are both in the middle of a new season right now, and, and we've both had tough years. You know, not the years we exactly had panned out for ourselves. So we're in the middle of some struggles trying to get through it, but... Uh, you know, we were talking before we came on air just how good curling has gotten and how good these teams are and, you know, any team can win on any given day. So when you do have a year like we did last year, it's it becomes more and more memorable the better the sport gets. Well, Kurt, you're right. Curling's become a sport where the younger generation gets gets better and better. And when we've talked about the the training, I mean, nobody when I was a kid in the '80s was a full time curler, right? It was you right. got really good doing it on the weekend, and you might win the prize. Well, and Kelsey's having her here is a good example of that. You know, at her age to be as accomplished as she is, and now having to make the decision whether to, you know, work or or become a full time curler. But the the resources that are va- available to her if she she wants to curl are way more than even I had 15 years ago. You know, the coaching, the competition, the teammates, the accessibility to ice, everything is just has changed so much. Kelsey, when did you start? How old were you? I was 12 when I started. Okay, so you've been yeah. curling 10 years. What's your relationship to Marcel, by the way? Uh, he's my cousin. He's, he's yeah. kind of a distant cousin. but Yeah, he's like a third cousin. Third cousin, but clearly the name and the connection, and, and he obviously curled with Randy Furby. Um, why did you get into it? Um, well, to be honest, I was a dancer for about 10 years and never really thought about going doing curling. I never really even watched Marcel growing up, to be honest. And then uh, I just, one of my friends from school when I was in the 6th or 7th grade asked me to come to bring a buddy day at the Fort Curling Club. And I went and quit dance basically the next day and just kept curling. I just fell in love with it. Wow, like immediately. That's incredible. Yeah. Were you good at it immediately? No, no, <laughs> definitely not. <laughs> not even close. <laughs> when did you get competitive? to the point where you're going deep into bond spiels or winning bond spiels and it's like, oh, okay, I'm, I'm getting good. Yeah, I was probably about 16 when I really um, decided to run with it and put uh, put everything forward with curling and um, so far it's been, been pretty good to me. If only were that easy, eh, Mark? Yeah, just like at that. 16, <laughs> what were you and I doing? We weren't good at any of So true. <laughs> Isn't it funny, though, that, t- that how many people... How many, like the talent you can find? Oh, I'm just going to go to the curling club and give it a try. And six years later, you're a world champion. Yeah, well, okay, so how old were you when you were in your first junior? Uh, I was 19. Okay, so yeah. <laughs> like, that's incredible. Awesome. <laughs> and you, well, you were curling competitive at 19, too. Yeah, I started like when I was six. So I, yeah, you started my really first early. provincial final in juniors, I was 13. So yeah. I, I was into it young and loved it. Yeah. Um, and yeah, just kept going. And I knew when I was about 14 or 15 that I was going to give it a really good go. Yeah. The the 98 Olympics in Nagano was a big one for me to watch curling on that stage was uh and then it was just something I wanted to do and still want to do. Yeah. Well, you guys are both doing great. So Kelsey, give us some insight into uh the the decision that Mark referenced you might face about balancing a traditional career, I guess I'll use that word, or you know, a nine to five type job, and and being 
you, you know, a full a full time athlete. And and look, curling is a sport kind of like golf, where the where the better you are, the more you get paid, and the more people will want to watch you. It, it's not like you apply for it or get drafted, right? So, what are, what's going through your head now to balance maybe the next year or two, or, or you know, to make that decision in the next year or two? Yeah, it's actually funny that Mark brought that up because it's definitely something I've been battling with these last couple months, just nearing graduation and kind of moving forward with either my career or curling. And um, I think it's just, you know, for me, I've always seen curling as school as even. And uh, I told myself that I wouldn't stop curling until curling turned into a sacrifice. So, so far, you know, in my life, everything that I've done for curling has been a choice. You know, I've chosen things, chosen curling over things, and I've never regretted any of those decisions. And the minute that I start regretting those decisions, when I start packing my bag for road trips and going places and I don't want to go, um, that's when I'll stop curling. So, you know, at 22, that hasn't happened quite yet, but uh, I think that um, I'm going to try and make it work. And, you know, there's obviously going to have to be some choices that are made, but uh, for right now, I really want to put everything I have into curling. That's an incredibly mature response, and you mentioned I'll I'll keep doing it until it it feels like a sacrifice. Sacrifice. Mark, what are you now? 30, 34. 34. Yeah. Um, are, are, do you still look at it that way, where I'll keep doing it until it feels like a sacrifice, or, or how do you approach it? Um, I approach it different ways. Things change when you have a family as well. The time away is difficult with young kids. Um, I, I loved the sport, and I still love it, and I decided that when... Same, same idea. When it was when I don't want to go and I want to be home and I'm not doing well at the sport, then it's going to be time to to pack it up. And um, curling is really four year cycles, so I, you know you commit to four years to try to get to the Olympics. And if it doesn't work, then you, you you process where you're at and you make a decision as a family. And and next year is the Olympic trials, so come next year, win or lose, I'll sit down and decide if I've got a few more years in, left in me or not. And and go from there but I still I love to play I love the sport and uh, I love hanging out with the guys and, and going on the road still so I have a tough decision to make hopefully we win you got a lot of years to worry left. About it. you got a lot of years <laughs> left it's 745 we're going to have more in studio heroes of 2016 curling champions Kelsey Rock and uh, Mark Kennedy inside sports on 630 Chet. J.C. Sheriff from your Edmonton Eskimos, and you're listening to Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins on 630 Chad. All right, quick look at the scoreboard here. Thursday Night Football, Eagles up 21-13 on the Giants' final seconds of the first half. In the National Hockey League uh, tonight, we have the Maple Leafs up 3-0 on the Avs after 1. After 2, it's the Kings with a 1-0 edge on the Predators. Bruins 2, Panthers nothing in the 3rd. Also in the 3rd, Lightning have rallied to lead the Blues 3-2. Ducks and Senators 1-1 with 10 minutes left. Wild up 3-2 on the Canadians in the 3rd period. The Blue Jackets storm past the Penguins 7-1. The Blue Jackets are 22-5-4 on the season, and it is the Devils taking it to the Flyers 4-0 late in the third. Hurricanes beat the Sabres 3-0. Heroes of 2016 segment tonight, Kelsey Rock. She uh, won the CIS Curling Championship earlier this year, and Mark Kennedy, third for Kevin Cooey, won the Briar and Worlds. Thanks again for coming in, guys. Really appreciate it. Thanks for having us. Kelsey, you're, you're, you're 22 and we've talked about your junior and your university success. You're setting your sights on, you know, Olympic trials, being an Olympian as soon as you can. 
Um, and correct me if I'm wrong with this, but it, it seems to me you're you're probably going to move into a stratosphere here now where you're going to be curling against a larger range of ages and experiences. I mean, juniors is kind of a confined range. University is kind of a confined range. You're 22. You may be curling against skips who have been skips for 22 years. You probably already have in some events. Have you ever felt... I'll just use the word. Have you ever felt overmatched? Have you ever felt like, oh, my God, I noticeably feel like I don't have the experience of the other skip? Definitely. Um, you know, I've had to work with our sports psychologist a lot on just the fact that I have to keep thinking that I do belong there. And um, it's tough sometimes when, you know, you get hammered 7-1 after four ends and have to get off the ice and try and take a positive away from that. It's it's hard. But um, I can honestly say, you know, the two years in juniors that uh, we won quite a bit, um, I didn't learn nearly as much as, you know, this past year and a half that I've learned getting my butt kicked a few times. So um, as much as I can try and take away from it, I do. I, and that's a great answer. And you talk about confidence. And Mark, you and I have done entire interviews on this show yeah. on the mental game and the confidence. And, you, and you've been quite candid that even as you, you've been curling since you were six, you still go up and down and struggle with that sometimes. Yeah, Maybe I, not in the same way you did when you were younger, but it still ebbs and flows. No, you learn how to balance it more the older you get. But, but any athlete goes through highs and lows. You, you have to manage that roller coaster of emotions. And, and the younger you are, the more difficult it is, especially, you know, most in curling, most juniors that step into the men's or women's game had a lot of success in juniors. And it's a it's a kick to the ego when you step up to the big game and and realize you're maybe not as good as you thought you were, and a lot of guys and girls can't handle it and they either walk away from the game or step down to a different position and you know it takes a special person to to jump into that game and and get your butt kicked and then uh, and stick with it and get better and better. So it's but it's a big jump. It's a big jump and and you got to manage the emotions and hearing Kelsey has a sports psychologist is a great step in uh it's a great tool to use to prepare for those those emotional impacts. Kelsey, what do you think the biggest difference and maybe maybe you're going to tell me more than one, but when when you step up a level, is it just the consistency of the shot making, the the variety of the shot making, that the strategy of how the game is called? What's the biggest adjustment? Yeah, I think it's a little of everything you just uh, noted. Actually, it's um, I think our team this year, especially as Mark was saying, we haven't had a great year, and I think a lot of that has to do with consistency. You know, we're just they're, other teams are good, real good, and we're just not capitalizing on you know those few misses they do have, and they're really capitalizing on the whole lot of misses that we're having. So um, I think the biggest thing that I've noticed is just the consistency. You know, in juniors, you could wait for play an open game, wait for a miss or a rollout, and get your two, and you can't do that now. Mark, and look, we're going to reference. You're not an old man. You mentioned you're, get in there, you're though. Thirty feeling it, yeah. <laughs> but well, what what would you what do you say to? I mean, Kelsey's clearly though the next generation with a twelve year gap. Yeah. What do you what do you what advice would you offer curlers in her age range, well, or maybe even a little younger? You know what? To be honest, even listening to her answers, you can you can hear the maturity and you can hear that she's on the right track. So I don't I don't have a lot of advice other than sticking with it and and really using the people around you um, that have either been through the fire uh, or that can help you with the mental part of the game and just surrounding yourself with really good people and understanding that you're probably going to have three or four really difficult years and a lot of a lot of curlers aren't prepared for that but if you're ready for it and you're ready to, to learn the hard way uh, then eventually success will come but but Kelsey's on her way she doesn't need me to say that um, but it's uh it's not easy 
people are very good these days. Very good, yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Well, you were saying, and I mean, the... Would you say, I'll just leave this to, to open to, to both of you, and maybe it's hard to say because Kelsey doesn't play directly against men, and Mark, you don't play directly against women. In Canada now, though, which do you think is, is deeper, the women's game or the men's game? That's a um, tough one, eh? You know, I, it's tough to tell just because it's two different games. Um, as far as shot making goes, I think the men's teams are more consistent than the women's teams. Um I think that's fair to say. Sure, but how many many elite-level women's teams would there be and how many elite-level? Well, the unique part right now in curling is on the women's side, it's deeper internationally. I think you have maybe four Canadian teams in the top 10 or 12, and the rest are from Switzerland and Scotland. And on the men's side, you've got this huge amount of depth in Canada where eight of the top 10 are from Canada in right. the world, uh, and you have a few international teams that are still very good, but the depth isn't there. But your top eight Canadian men's team, you could play an event eight times and have eight different winners. That's how incredibly close it is right now. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, it's nuts. I mean, you could beat the number two ranked team in the world in the quarterfinal, and your reward might be the number one team in that, the semifinal. Yeah, right? exactly. <laughs> exactly. Before you're even in the yeah. in the final. Um, all right, we're, we're running out of time here. Uh, Mark, you first. What is next for uh, you and the Kiwi rink? Well, a nice break here for a couple weeks, and then we're in North Battleford uh, for the Grand Slam event uh, January 3rd, and then straight from there to Las Vegas for the Continental Cup. Oh, so some okay. fun events coming. Where, where is that again? That's in the Orleans Arena. Um, Are you going to stay on the strip? We stay right in the hotel. Oh, okay. So we we rarely go outside. We go straight from the oh, nice. hotel room to the to the curling well, rink. You don't want to be outside in Vegas in the winter. It's freezing. Oh no, wait. Uh, wait a second. Yeah. <laughs> Flip flops. Kel- uh, Kelsey, uh, tell us what's ahead for you. Yeah, same with us. A few uh, weeks of some break and then off to the Grand Slam in North Battleford, and then um, our attention, our team actually kind of leaves for the goes our separate ways for a bit and uh taylor and i'll focus on the university ad with our pandas teammates and um we may potentially go back together um towards the end and beginning of april i guess for another grand slam but until then um our play we aren't playing in playdowns so that'll be it all right tough decision to miss playdowns to go to university ad very hard i definitely as mark was saying like i use the people around me and really tried to make an educated decision on what to do and i think we came away with the right decision you don't get to go to vegas though eh? No, unfortunately not. <laughs> not good enough yet. <laughs> this was awesome having both of you in studio. I really pre- appreciate your, your insight, and you're doing so well representing uh, the Edmonton area, because, Kelsey, you're from Fort Saskatchewan. All the be- I know we're going to talk again, but all the best in 2017. Thanks, Reed. Thanks yeah, for having thank us. thank you. Kelsey Rock, Mark Kennedy in studio tonight. All right, Charles Adler tonight is up next. We have an Oilers game tomorrow. 7 o'clock face-off show. The game starts at 8.30. So I'll have one hour of inside sports from 6 to 7. My guests will include two-time World Junior Gold Medalist Wade Redden with some of his memories of that tournament. Dave Campbell is the producer of Inside Sports. Kellen Kennedy, the studio producer this evening. My name is Reed Wilkins. Thank you so much for listening. Have a great night. 6.30 Chad Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins. Weekdays at 6 on 6.30 Chad.